Today on the Premiership Perusal Podcast, we are back in action. Big Arsenal victory on the opening day. Second day follows up with even more surprising results, like a Liverpool dropping points at Craven Cottage and a surprise win for Bournemouth. Sunday didn't disappoint either as United lose their first game of the year and Erling Holland has arrived for Man City. All that and everything else in between. This is the Premiership Perusal Podcast. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Back, Fuchs. And the ball in behind Damian Bunny! You are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? Now the fans are shouting every week, Louis van Gaal's army! Louis van Gaal's army! Feet after a fabulous start, the game just got away from you there. I have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to say about the game at all. Hank, it's good to be back. Yep. It's good to be back. We were away for a week, had a had a digital episode yeah, that last was a, week. That was awesome. The scuffed episode. It didn't sound that bad. It didn't sound perfect, but it didn't sound that bad. Now, from my perspective, as an audiophile, mm-hmm. it wasn't great. But yeah. we just had to do it. Yeah, the, it had to the, get out. The night before the Premier League started, yes. we had to do it. It's true. We had, we had yeah. all these thoughts about the top half of the table, <laughs> the games to come. We had to tell the people what they needed to hear. Yeah, they were and we waiting. Told them. You know, good, I, it's a good I, thing we did. I feel bad we held out for a week where they had nothing. Yeah, these good. people, they're they're waiting. They love us. They were trying to get some good bets in. Yes, for the season, the futures, the longs. Yeah, they're, and they're like, I don't know. I'm gonna have to pick them myself. Yeah, and then they're like. Oh, the podcast comes down into their subscription box, and they're like, "Finally, finally, it's time." <laughs> That's what I like to imagine: people sitting down, have a nice and they, cup of tea. They have a Bruce Buffer moment where they just yeah. they let it all out. They have a true moment of euphoria where they're like, "Wow, this is finally. next level thinking, like big brain, galaxy brain." Yeah. The purple and white lads are back with some premiership. Yes, that's right. Talks. Well, let's get right into it. Let's get into it. First match, Palace, Arsenal, at Selhurst. Friday night. A little Friday night action Spicy. here. Spicy. Let's get to the lineups. Sam, take it away. For Crystal Palace, Guaita, Mitchell, Gehi, Anderson, Klein, Ayu, Eze, Zaha, Schlupp, Decore, and Edward. For Arsenal, Ramsdale, White, Gabriel, the center back, William, Saliba, Zinchenko, Thomas Partey, Odegaard, Jaka, Saka, Gabby Jesus, and Gabby Martinelli. How about that? Any any surprises week one of lineups, or what are you thinking? No, it, it typically looks pretty standard. Um, 
maybe, you know, I think just to keep it pretty uh, vanilla for Arsenal, uh, the little 4-3-3, keeping Jaka out there, you might some people might want to see something else, but against Crystal Palace, you know, you have to uh, you have to solidify the midfield to make sure you're not getting too cute with, you know, getting too attacking or too defensive. So I yeah. don't mind that. As far as Palace go, I know we talked about last week on the pod. I was really looking forward to seeing Ducare and how he fits in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into the game and stuff, but I didn't. Just I'm not an IU guy. You're not an IU guy, but no. I, I don't know why he's out there. I don't know why he played so long. No, he's like the ghost of Palace's past. <laughs> he, he's he really the remnants is. of the the terrible team that once was. Yeah, truly. Yeah, I think the only thing for me, I was a little surprised. I thought maybe Mateta would start, but mm-hmm. it's kind of a toss-up, Edward versus yeah, Mateta. Yeah, it's, it's like who's more in form, and Vieira must have felt that Edward was yeah. more in form, but... Getting yes. into the game. Getting into the game. Good start for Arsenal. Yeah, Jesus, amazing run. Uh, Martinelli, not so amazing shot, but you could see right away that what Jesus able to bring to this Arsenal attack. Yeah, it, it truly was a breath of fresh air having that level of movement. It, it's just next level the way mm-hmm. he plays. Yeah. He was just popping up everywhere, making some nice runs. Speaking of being massive and just popping up everywhere, Senchenko... Also making mm-hmm. his presence felt. I said last week on the pod in the preview for Arsenal, he's going to be an amazing signing for them mm-hmm. because there's just so many games last year where Arteta, you know, you question what his plan was, but I think it came down more to personnel. He just didn't have the guy to fit that spot. And there's yeah. times where it's like, there's Lokanga, and it's like, well, you can't really use him. Or there's Nuno Tavares. It's like you can't really use him there. Yeah. Sinchenko's going to fill a lot of those kind of gaps that they need, and he was great this game. Yeah, and of course, coming from City, he he suits the the system perfectly, mm-hmm. you know, because Arteta plays very similar. Uh, having the fullbacks that can pinch into the midfield and kind of become a another midfielder. Yeah, and and be able to have that quality of passing that Zinchenko has. Yes, uh, that was really beneficial for Arsenal. Kind of like the first twenty minutes was a really good start for Arsenal, and then. And, yeah, and they I, scored the goal. Yeah, they got their goal early on um, with Martinelli off that worked play, uh, the corner routine. A little lazy by Palace, but I'd say better by Arsenal than anything on that uh, to spot the back post run and mm-hmm. good-headed yeah. pass and stuff. Yeah, I think that was pretty well worked when you have one guy who's just completely empty. And then, I mm-hmm. mean, for Zinchenko to have the header... Yeah, it was a good headed pass. The box. That was very impressive. Yeah. A surprise, Sokka and Odegaard really didn't do a ton this game in terms of attack. They weren't really required to, especially after, you know, the first, like, 25, 30 minutes yeah. when Arsenal kind of started to, I guess, his more palace kind of up the ante of the game, kind of mm-hmm. taking it to Arsenal a bit. Yeah, it was definitely favoring the left side a lot going mm-hmm. through Zinchenko. Yeah thought Ben White did a good job with uh, controlling Zaha. Yeah, absolutely. That was kind of like a key focus for the match. Like, okay, we got Ben White, normal center back playing right back, going up against one of the toughest tests in the league, Wilfred Zaha. And I think overall he did really well. Yes. You're never going to have a game where you can completely shut out yeah. Zaha. 
he did pick up a yellow card, but you know, overall did a good job. Yeah, I felt Palace kind of started to get more into the game, uh, kind of really stretching the field with long passes. Mm-hmm. Um, that was their most effective way to kind of get through the Arsenal defense. Um, I, I know Saliba got man of the match, but I think uh, Ramsdale deserves a fair shout because Palace, before the end of the first half, started piling it on. Uh, Ramsdale, big save off a set piece, and uh, Edward could have, should have scored probably. Yeah, I think I think Palace had two chances where they definitely had a high probability of scoring that mm-hmm. Ramsdale came up really really clutch. He had a couple of shaky moments in the first half, but ultimately, you know, with the big saves. Yeah. Makes up for ma- it. makes up for it. They didn't get punished. Um so still some areas to work on, you know, obviously when you have a new center back pairing, you know, that's going to be something that takes time to develop and Ben White playing that right back as well but mm-hmm. overall in the first half pretty good for Arsenal especially to not concede going into halftime yeah second half starts off massive chance for Etse great great through ball by Wilfred Zaha to find him yeah that was a beautiful ball yeah great pass um Arsenal big chance at 59 but Odegaard passed or did something he did he didn't shoot is what he didn't do and that was a brutal decision yeah and it ended up being an incomplete pass i mean he was wide open in front of net and yeah he just gotta shoot that he didn't even too cute it didn't even look like he thought about shooting no his first thought was just who can i pass to and and really i mean it wasn't the worst idea but but it wasn't good yeah it yeah. yeah sometimes less is more keeping it simple not yeah. overthinking it, but in the middle of the game, it's hard to do that, especially when he wasn't looking that well to begin with. Mm-hmm. So he's probably second-guessing himself. Um, even game, but Palace in second half holding most of the possession. For a while, not really doing a ton with it. Credit to Arsenal for good positioning and holding shape. Yeah, um, yeah and then I have a note here about Ayu not being subbed off. I just didn't get that. He wasn't doing much in attack anyways. You're going to have to be going for the win. I thought <clears throat> sacrifice him. but Yeah, especially when Arsenal kind of starts to get a little more organized mm-hmm. without the ball. Yeah. You know, there's an argument to be made on the counterattack. He's a little more useful. Yeah. Still not very useful, but Arsenal I mean, obviously, able to organize nicely. Obviously, he's most useful when a team is other than Palace is holding the ball and possessing, and he can kind of press and run at people. That's when he's at his best. But, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't think, you know, when you're set up in the final third trying to break down a defense, Mr. Ayu is not the man you want. No. Um, Palace, good chance of creating chances. Uh, good job of creating chances out wide, I thought, especially late in the second half. And then uh, mm-hmm. doesn't matter because Saka goes down the other end out of nowhere. Just across, straight across the box, facing that. Gets deflected in by Mark Gahey. 2-0 Arsenal. That's how it wraps up. Yeah, that was the nail in the coffin. And, um, you know, sometimes you just got to put the ball on net and Mm -hmm. weird things happen. Don't tell that to Brighton sometimes. (laughs) Don't Don't tell tell that that to to Leicester sometimes. Yeah, overall, I mean, I thought Crystal Palace played pretty, pretty decent. Yeah, I felt like they played probably like C plus B minus. I thought Arsenal played like A minus A 
almost level? I would say it's kind of like, you know, what are your expectations? When you can realize that this is a very tough game. Yeah. You know, palace away, first game of the season. You know, That's what I'm thinking. Of energy. This, it was a really tough performance, gritty, you know, to to dig deep, not concede. Yeah, I'm not saying Arsenal played. Uh, I, I, I mean, I guess I could see how someone would say that, but like, oh, they got outplayed by Palace. I could see how someone would say that, but I wouldn't agree because I think yeah. Arsenal, once they got the lead, they had their objective in terms of kind of keeping shape defensively mm-hmm. and stuff. If they just sat back and broke down, then yeah, sure, you would probably sit there and say, oh, well, they didn't look very good, but yeah. they did what they had to do and they won. So. Yeah, you got to adapt to the game you yeah. know, and, and, and make those decisions are people complaining about the way arsenal played or something <clears throat> no i'm just saying you know it wasn't like a man city like dominant 70 percent possession i guess game. what stood out to you about palace before we move on that uh you like to see i mean or that they could improve on obviously like you were saying the wide play is is very good that's a strong suit of of palace yeah i, I think centrally it was a little disappointing at award that's why I, too much I feel like Mateta full game. If you're swinging balls into him, he might have had a better chance. But yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, Ducore, I thought he looked decent. Yeah, he was fine. There's there's some really good debuts this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll move on to one of them right here. Fulham, Liverpool. People probably th- thinking oh, he's talking about Darwin Nunez, and that's not who I'm talking about. Let's get to the lineups. Rodek, Kenny Tete, IX youth legend out there. Tosin, Tim Ream, Anthony Robinson, the the half American back line. Wow. That's spooky. Harrison Reed, uh, Cabano, Bobby Reed, Andreas Pereira, Jao Paulinha, and Mr. Alex Vander Mitrovic. Mr. 43 goals. Yeah, Mr. Championship Slayer. Completed the, the it. The basher mate. of Bristol City. Completed it, mate. <laughs> the Wumbo of West Brown. The Wumbo. Uh, to Liverpool, Alisson, Van Dyke, Robertson, Mottip, Alexander-Arnold, Fabinho, Thiago, Hendo, Firmino, Sala, Luis Diaz. Anything stand out to you about those lineups? I mean, that seems pretty... Basic for both teams. I wasn't expecting Allison. I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, Klopp had said that he was injured. No. And he wasn't going to play the you first gotta, game. You got to play him against Fulham. Come on. But I think. Um, Look at Burnt Leno on the bench, arms crossed. That's a great. Picture. And Shane Duffy. <laughs> uh, Kelleher was was hurt for Liverpool, so that might have impacted the decision. You don't trust Adrian, Mister. That's a. That's. <laughs> Community Shield winning goalkeeper. Audrey I will say he's like the best third keeper in the league. Oh, it's not even close. Yeah. He's probably better than some second choice keepers. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, overall, uh, you know, pretty standard from both sides. Some debuts for Fulham. Yeah, a couple guys debuting. Mainly to note in this one is Joao Paulinha, who was all over the place, especially in the first half. Yeah, let's let's get right into it. Early start for for Fulham, high energy levels. I wasn't yeah. expecting that. They were all over the pitch. Yeah, they uh they were juiced. 
the crowd was amped up for uh you know craven cottage kind of it's almost like a joke that like fulham is not like they don't have hardcore fans or anything like yeah, that yeah it's but, the family club or yeah exactly something um but yeah a really good job of holding shape <clears throat> and tracking back well not getting beat in transition which is what liverpool on a duty yeah and um, they were pressing really well yeah also yeah um Liverpool, as the half kind of went on, probably like 10 to 20 minutes in, kind of started to ramp it up a bit. But, I, I mean, their their crosses were relatively neutralized, you know. I thought Fulham did a good job of getting behind uh, Liverpool, making sure that, you know, keeping Liverpool in front of them at all times. Yeah, I'm not sure if Liverpool were caught off guard by Fulham's start or... Another thing I I noticed while watching this game was it looked like Liverpool were still in preseason mode in terms of the quality yeah. of their attack. It was just it wasn't loose or it wasn't sharp. It was pretty loose overall. Yeah. Passes just kind of going all over the place. Uh, you know, not really getting Salah involved as much. Um, just just swinging like random diagonal balls across the field. It didn't look good. Yeah. And early on, they get caught out by a counterattack by Fulham. Uh, Robertson stretched ball side, had to cover all the way across. And Fulham pushing up. Trent Alexander-Arnold, back post, gets dunked on. Gets dunked on. Absolutely gets dunked absolutely on. Absolutely yammed by Mr. Alex Mitrovic. Put him on a poster. Yeah. Absolutely. That and that's, was... that's when we knew that Mitrovic was for real. <laughs> Uh, Newcastle and Anderlecht legend, Vitrovic. Um, after that, I thought that Liverpool kind of really ramped it up, mm-hmm. especially they're just like, Luis Diaz, do your thing, and he was looking really good out there. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, really strong form to close out the year for Liverpool. Ends up hitting the post on mm-hmm. a pretty unlucky shot. Yeah, goes into halftime, 1-0, Fulham. A little surprising that they're in this position, but hey, weirder things have happened. Yes. Second half, 57th minute, Cabano has a nice shot hit off the post. I was impressed by him. I thought he had a good performance in this game. Um, Liverpool make the substitution, bring on Darwin Nunez. Yes. And he doesn't take long to get off the mark. 64th minute, gets the equalizer from Mo Salah's cross. Um, some not so great defending from Mr. Anthony Robinson. Yeah, uh, to say the least. He's a fast man. He's, he's not, not there a defending for the man. Defending. You he's know, not he, a def- he's like a poor man's TAA. Yeah. And by poor, I mean like very, very poor. poor skid row. Yeah, yeah. Very he's a poor. homeless man. Um, but hey, you know the way Alexander Arnold played played in this game, you know maybe not so much. He might be like a poor man's, like. Tarek Lamptey is what he might be. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, 70th minute. Penalty awarded to Fulham after another counterattack. Mitrovic just going all the way. Yeah. The man can't be stopped. Well, that one video of him like stiff-arming Henderson and then putting a <laughs> spin move on Van Dyke was one of the funniest things you'll see all season. I guarantee it. It's Mitrovic's world, and we're all just living in it. Yeah. Um, Just a beefy Serbian man. I don't know why I didn't write in my notes who committed the penalty. 
Van Dyke. Van Dyke. Van Dyke, yeah. yeah. Um, the contact, it was higher up on the knee. It wasn't mm-hmm. too much contact, but, you know, yeah, enough, reached to, out. enough to to be there. And also, it's kind of, you put your leg in that position. You deserve it. You know, you're playing a dangerous game. Mitrovic steps up, gets his second of the game for the brace. And Fulham take the lead. Fulham take the lead. Again. Again. But not long after, in the 80th minute, an over-the-top ball from Alexander-Arnold, poorly defended by one of the Americans, Tim Ream, falls to Mo Salah, who scores. Mo Salah definitely getting more involved in the game towards the end there. Yeah, which was just strange he wasn't involved the entire game. Yeah. With that said, he still had a goal and an assist. Right, yeah, even not at his best. and Yeah, uh... Fulham hold on for the draw despite a last-minute effort from Hendo that hit off the crossbar. But overall, yeah. very strong performance for Fulham in the first match of the season. Absolutely. Huge result for them, even though it's just one point. Taking that point off of Liverpool at home, great momentum going into the season. I'll say it right now. This was one of those games last year that Liverpool wins. That's a good point. There were many times where Liverpool kind of just grinded games out. Mm -hmm. It looked like they wouldn't be able to do it, and they somehow came out with all three points. Not so much in this one. Not able to do enough to grind it out. And, I mean, you might just say, well, it's mere inches, but what can you say? I mean, if the Henderson shot goes in, yes, they do take all three points, but... That's what happens when the the title is decided by a point. That's when Lady Luck's not on your side, you know. There's not much you can do. Uh, but no, impressive from Fulham, especially mm-hmm. Paulinha and Mitrovic. They were fantastic. Surprised that even though they still had really bad, it was really poor defense by Fulham during the goals, but for the most of the game, they were pretty stout. Yeah, that was pretty surprising. I am not a Tim Ream fan whatsoever, and obviously Anthony Robinson, calling him just calling him a defender is, is like calling a lacrosse fruit water. You know, it's just not true. Sure. It's just disgusting. I wouldn't know. It's like you put a fruit in the vicinity of the water. And, you know, sure. Go, go. I've never had I've one. I've never had one either. Okay. Um, <laughs> Liverpool, a huge blow. Tiago out for six weeks. Yeah. I think. Something that we had previously mentioned. Yeah, I mean it's you're playing you're playing with fire when you go with that shallow of a squad. You have chance to bring in depth, and you just don't do it because you're only going to sign super duper stars. Doesn't now let make me sense. let me ask you this one final question on this yeah. game. Does Liverpool bring in another midfielder by no. the end of the window? No, no, no. Nope. I don't think so either. No, they won't. You let Genie Wijnaldum walk for free. You don't just start like panic buying. Yeah. So, moving on to the third match of the week, Bournemouth versus Aston Villa, a repeat of the same game, Bournemouth's very first game in the Premier League seven years ago. How about that? Was Bournemouth versus Aston Villa at the Vitality? Um, that's pretty crazy. It really is. Getting into the lineups for Bournemouth, Travers in net, back three of Kelly. Mepham, 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 Lerma, Smith, Pearson, Billing, 
Zamura in the midfield and front three of Solanke, Tavernier, and Kiefer Moore. For Aston Villa, Martinez in net, Cash, Carlos, Conza, Digne, back four. Midfield of McGinn, Ramsey, and Kamara. Uh, front three, Danny Yanks, Coutinho, and Leon Bailey. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on these lineups? Uh, I liked it um, from both sides. I think that it's kind of, you know, I wouldn't say that, even though they have it laid out as a back three, I don't know if you'd say that they had a back three for more of a back five yeah even so like smith just rotating back there you know can make a makeshift four when you're in possession of the ball yeah but uh as far as villa i don't hate the midfield i love the midfield but it is fairly defensive you don't have much in terms of the uh attacking aspect in the midfield with mcginn ramsey and kamara but you do have three up front with Ings, Coutinho, and Bailey, and those three were expected to make a lot happen. And, hey, you got Matty Cash and Dina out wide to swing balls in. You feel like, eh, we got enough offense. So um, getting to the game, however, there was a goal right off the bat. Right off the bat. First for, k- corner kick of the game. Yeah. Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Mr. Lerma making it happen. Yeah. Mad scramble, slots it in. Yeah, I forget who it was. I don't know if it was Tavernier who brought down the first ball and yeah. kind of put it back in. And then just at it, at that point, you know, it's anybody's game. First yeah. man to get to it. Lerma takes a chance, scores. Bournemouth are in uh, heaven there. Yeah, dream world. Dream world, two minutes in. Uh, Villa respond, getting Ings in behind and creating some chances. Uh, forcing Travers to make some saves and also just not taking advantage mm-hmm. of the chances created. Um, Villa pressing pretty hard when Bournemouth had the ball in their own end. I noticed that. That's not fully a Villa thing that we saw last year all the time. So they must have saw something about pressing Bournemouth. Uh, and, you know, relatively it kind of worked for a bit. And then there'd be once in a while where Tavernier would kind of just break loose and create space and then you know, Villa have to get back, and then Bournemouth are able to set up possession a bit. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting to see Bournemouth playing out of the back, but it was a little bit more unconventional. So they'd, they'd go from Travers to Mepham, and then Mepham would get it up to, like, like Zamora or something, who would immediately play more of a longer ball up forward. So it's kind of like you're playing your initial out of the back, Mm-hmm. but only for like a pass or two and then yeah. then you're just trying to launch you know your your forwards ahead and hit quick yeah they like to utilize the space in behind um you know your particular lines of whether it be the midfield in this case you have to even utilize the space behind the attackers in midfield because you know, that's what they're doing. They're going defense to midfield and then popping at midfield to the attackers. Um, thought they did a really good job of breaking Villa down. But Villa also, you know, there's a lot of times they weren't there centrally in the park in attack, which kind of mm-hmm. threw me off for a loop. I get, yeah. and that's part of having the super defensive midfield. There's not going to be relief where you can just pass it centrally, work it back to the defense, and get it out wide. Um, because, I mean, all that really McGinn... Ramsey 
and Kamara are going to do for the most part is go sideways or go backwards. They're not going to be threading balls forward that much. And that's part of the issue with just having Continue out wide, Bailey out wide. It's a little too isolated, I felt like. Yeah, and I think initially they were trying to play Coutinho down the middle, but mm-hmm. then he drifted out, out wide and kind of disappeared. Yeah. And it was really up to Danny Ings to kind of do the one-man show. Yeah, And he did pretty good in, in like the first 15, 20 minutes of the game. I thought he looked lively Yeah, in terms of chance creation, in terms of executing those chances. No, uh, Not quite. so much. Uh, but I think that was... Villa's strongest moments of the game were were kind of those first 20 minutes of the game and then they kind of dropped off yeah it felt very much like Villa from last year um when Buendia wasn't out there and it was kind of the same way in this game and again Buendia comes on later in the second half and they just look better but also part of that Mm -hmm. is Bournemouth's like okay we just have to play defense now yeah um yeah Villa kind of slowed it down too especially in the first half uh, kind of worked the flanks, but you know, Bournemouth just so many bodies packed in that midfield that you're not going to be able to get central. Yeah, they did such a great job of staying organized. They had kind of the two low blocks, and Villa. So much of their passing was just like between their center backs, because there was no penetration mm-hmm. through those two two lines. You know, it was like a a, a back five and then four in front of that. Yeah. Just so difficult to break down, and especially with how well-organized Bournemouth were. Yeah, and like I said, better chances in the second half when Buendia and Watkins came on, but no big chances, no amazing chances. Mm-hmm. Second goal goes to Kiefer Moore, your guy, the Welsh lad, 2-0. Yeah. And it finishes that way. Yeah, beautiful cross from Mr. Kelly. To find Kiefer Moore, I got to say, I mean, I'm a Kiefer Moore fan, but to see Kiefer Moore, he was putting in a shift this game. Yeah, he was playing well. He was kind of playing somewhat on the wing at times, somewhat central at times, doing a lot of uh, tracking back, defending, a lot of, you know, chasing after balls. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, good performances from Bournemouth, ones you wouldn't see in the stat columns and stuff like that. It was kind of just a lot of effort out there. Um, yeah, I liked Billing in this game too. He wasn't spectacular. We've seen him better, but I thought he was still solid. And this in Tavernier getting adjusted to the Premier League, I think he'll be a solid mm-hmm. kind of like ten for them. Uh, so all in all, great performance for Bournemouth. Great, res- even better result. Villa back to the drawing board. Disappointing start when you're already under some pressure. Big spenders didn't finish the year that well last year got to get it going got to get some momentum going something i noticed about villa was they lost almost every set piece offensively or defensively mm-hmm. they no one was getting near the ball yeah ever so that rules out you know any chances from corners or or free kicks and then obviously conceded a goal and part of that too right is like sure ings can win headers and stuff like if you have one for uh, an attacking set piece, but you also have Coutinho and Leon Bailey out there. That's mm-hmm. two guys that aren't winning shit. Yeah. McGinn's not, not all that, that big. I mean, who's winning out there? Like Watkins and Mings would probably be your two best set piece guys, and neither of them are out there, so I don't know. Yeah, that's why 
my thoughts on Villa, you know, we're already skeptical of Villa and, and of Stevie G. And the pressure is even on more after now this Now people loss. actually are, like, yeah. waking up to it. it people like. are waking up to it. I mean, it just doesn't really sit well with me coming into this season. Gerard comes in. He says, Tyrone Mings, strip him of the captaincy. You're going to be benched. Already, we're putting off weird vibes after yeah. after a poor season. I think like Minks has been one of the most solid players, you know, at the past like two seasons. Yeah, he's he's not the problem. Like, obviously, you're bringing in Diego Carlos, and you know that's nice and all, but you have Consa next to him. Yeah, I don't know. Very strange. And, and and just the attack overall, we saw this at times where it's just completely dead. Yeah, it shouldn't be that bad. It really shouldn't. That's what happens when, uh, you know, you have small, quick guys. You need versatility, and that's why I think, you know, Ings and Watkins can work better together as just two up top. If you have Ings and Watkins and then you have a guy more central, whether it's Bailey, whether it's uh, Coutinho, I think that would work better because they can distribute a little more and dribble, create for their themselves. But I don't know. I feel like having... Continuum and Bailey out there is a bit redundant. I get they're on opposite wings or continuum. It might be even a little more central, but yeah. just two small pace merchants, I, I don't I don't like that, but that's just me. Yeah, I would say Buendia should start the next game. Yes, and probably Watkins. Yep. Moving on to the next game of the match week, Leeds versus Wolves. Leeds, 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 Leeds. We all love Leeds. We all love Leeds. We all love Leeds. To lineups. Melier, Cock, Llorente, Stroike, Christensen, Aronson, Roca, Adams, Rodrigo, Jack Harrison, Patrick, Bamford. For Wolves, we have Sa, Ait Nuri, Nate Collins, Johnny, Kellerman, Neto, Neves, Podence, Gibbs White, Dendonker, Huang, He, Chan. Wolves. Kind of buzzing around early, creating some pressure, and they get their goal early. Uh, and they're in attack. They're in attack for pretty much the first like 10, 15 minutes for mm-hmm. the most part. Kind of putting it on. The Podence goal, very strange. Kind of bit of luck to it, but what can you say? Very nice goal. Yeah, and you got to say that it was well worked in the build up from Neto and Chan. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, a little fortunate. On on the the shot bounced into the ground and worked out nicely. But hey, you know sometimes that happens. Yes. Um, leads about fifteen twenty minutes and finally kind of ramp up the pressure uh, with their press and they kind of find some space now when they're turning wolves over and they're they're getting their chances. Uh, especially their tax kind of just brewing now. Yeah, uh, potential penalty as. Jose Saw makes contact with Christensen without getting the ball. I was shocked that this wasn't given as a pen. What were your thoughts? Well, you clocked him. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I don't know him, how that's not a, a penalty. Nice, gave him a nice pop right to his face. Yeah, I know. I thought it was very strange. He didn't come close to the ball. As an owner of Jose Saw and my FPL team, I was like, oh, no. There go <laughs> my points. The penalty conceded. Um Nothing called, but mm-hmm. 24th minute leads get the equalizer, pestering Wolves in their own box, just putting the pressure on them, and Wolves can't handle it. Rodrigo 
I don't know what I was typing. Rodrigo gets a show, <laughs> a shot that sneaks yes. in at the near post. Yeah. Uh, you know, Wolves kind of got burned. I don't know if it's a mix of they couldn't clear it or they wouldn't clear it because they kind of seemed to do both where it's like they were trying to dribble out of the back and it's like, what the hell are you doing? You're in your own box. This is Bruno Lage's new back four. Yeah, and uh, Leeds capitalize on it and not not good goalkeeping by oh, Mr. Jose saw Nightmare. Yeah, he was he was cheating far post and Rodrigo <laughs> said, no, 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 near post. The, the pendulum is swinging. This season will be another season of near post <laughs> goals. I could see it. Um, Wolves respond with some chances, uh, but Leeds remain dangerous on the counterattack. I thought Wolves build up with their passing and stuff was really good um yeah and then uh yeah their I, shots I, were just kind of right at melier it felt like yeah i thought wolves were by far the better team uh leads saw you know pretty minimal amounts of the ball in the first half yeah and Leeds, and i i thought that wolves should have been leading with the chances that they had even though the rodrigo goal went in i felt like their best chance was the right before half where Harrison was coming up the wing and then uh, crossed it across the face and net, and then Rodrigo couldn't get on it and Bamford couldn't get on it. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was yeah, that Leeds' was best uh, sequence right there. Um, speaking of great chances right before half, Den Donker with an insanely, that like the most one-on-one perfect chance you could ask for. Mm-hmm. Melier saves it. Yep, Great pass big. by Huang He Chan. So it goes into half one one. But Huang He Chan, the most injured man in the Premier League. Yeah, he's the for NFL reference, he's the Raheem Mostert of mm-hmm. the Premier League. He's just constantly he's made of paper mache. That's what I like to say. His hamstrings are are just paper. Yeah, it really is. Uh second half. Um Neves, long balls, looking the most dangerous aspect of Wolves, I thought, um, early in the second half. Uh, but I felt like Wolves, especially in the second half, were really playing into Leeds' hands. They kind of tried to push the pace at times. Did not feel like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't do that to Leeds. Yeah. You it, need to slow Leeds down. <laughs> something I noticed, a lot of people were talking about Pedro Neto had a pretty good, pretty, pretty good game. And I think, yes, there were times where he, he showed some real skill and talent, but there were too many times where he just held on to the ball way too much instead of passing. Yeah. Uh, I think that was a detriment to Wolves. It was just kind of, you know, the it was getting a little gummed up in the works. You know, we need to get something moving more centrally to get the shots off. See, I, I, I just felt like it was more there wasn't one guy on the team who stood out at this, but it felt like there was a lack of urgency at times when they're on the ball Mm -hmm. yet. Like the very next sequence, they're just like trying to sprint immediately past everyone on leads and stuff. There was like no in between. Yeah. It's like, you're doing it wrong both ways. Don't do that. Just, I don't know. Wolves, uh, give up the lead then as leads get, back into it they grab the lead great passing um bamford squaring it for aronson i forget who passed it to bamford but it was a great through ball yeah it might have been harrison but it could be wrong um and aronson and they they had to cheat him out of a debut goal yeah the absolute disrespect from the dubious goals panel yeah not okay 
I think it's got to be said that Aronson was looking pretty good in this game. I thought he looked really well. Yeah, he, he's you know he's a young guy, but I think he's just he matches Leeds uh, effort and energy. Yeah, and what they need. He suited them nicely, and I think also it should be said that uh, Christensen was pretty good as well. Yeah, I, I like. You know, he adds a little strength on defense, a little grit, no nonsense. That's yeah. what you need when you're playing like Leeds are. You yeah. need a guy who's just going to work work his tail off. Absolutely. 2-1, finishes for Leeds. You could say a bit fortunate. You could have maybe argued that should have been like a draw or something. But big three points for Leeds. And then the Marsh and Lage beef yeah. after. That was, that that was, was great. I noticed when I, when I watched it that there was some, I think it was during the punch, that they cut to the bench for like 0.2 seconds and there was some yelling back and forth. Mm. So I was wondering if maybe that's what that was about and then something else kind of just really pushed it over the top. But Yeah, that was like a top two moment of, of this <laughs> week was Bruno Lage and Jesse Marsh yeah, getting into a, a little scuffle at the end of the game. Hilarious. Oh, you love to see it. America taking over the Premier League by storm. Yes, undefeated. 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 And it must be said, Sam's guy, Rodrigo, is the leading goal scorer for Leeds. <laughs> leading goal scorer for Leeds. You'll never sing that. Yep. Moving on to the next match. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Newcastle versus Nottingham Forest. Yes. At St. James's Park. The Fortress. The Fortress. In the lineups, we got Newcastle, Nick Pope, Trippier, Cher, Target, Dan Byrne, Joe Linton, Joe Willock, Bruno G, Callum Wilson, St. Max Edmund, Ondo Wing, and Miguel Elmeron. I'm so sad that I didn't call, I didn't just call it last week and said Newcastle's going to finish top six. That would be a spicy take. I don't know. I don't think it would be. Forrest lining up Henderson, Worrell, Niakate, McKenna, Nico Williams, Jack Colback, former Magpie himself. Yeah. Lewis O'Brien, Harry Tafolo, Lingard, Surge, and Johnson. Lingard, like it's not Jay Lings. Jay Lings, boy. Jay Lings back. Playing. He's back. <laughs> I'm doing the Jay Lings for everyone at home, and you should be too. <laughs> Making 300k a week or whatever ridiculous amount of wages he's no, they br- they broke it down. I think it was like 80, and like after incentives, it can be like 140, two, two something. Two, I thought, or like Jesus. 190 or something like that. Except the incentive is like winning the league. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Ballon d'Or. <laughs> to the game. Newcastle, dominant, dominant. It, it was pretty and brutal to watch. Nottingham was holding on for dear life. It was like a child learning to swim, and they're treading water, but they're, like, sinking. And it was at the deep end of the ocean. Yeah, it was It was rough. Um, It just felt like Newcastle couldn't quite get in the right spot to finish. Yeah, I didn't think Newcastle were even playing that good. I think it was just more so, like, force was, like, out of the depth. Yeah. Uh, especially defensively, it was just there's no organization from Nottingham Forest and Newcastle was solid enough in terms of holding the ball and they were creating chances. I thought St. Maximin looked really good. I thought um, Bruno G obviously looked amazing in this one. Joel Linton just looked too big, too strong out there. Almiron looked solid too, but 
I, I, I don't know. Newcastle didn't, or uh, Nottingham didn't do themselves any favors in this one. No. Jolington had a wonderful chance. He just had a, a miraculous run and then had the open shot and just, <laughs> just dragged it. It was so rough. Hard the to blonde, watch. The blonde bombshell himself. Hard to, hard to watch, yeah. Uh, I thought Dean Henderson was probably the bright spot for Forrest. He made some some saves yeah. in the first half. There's like one or two that were pretty tough. The rest were kind of just right at him. But, you know, you got to look at something for Yeah, I mean, I mean Forrest, they were struggling to get the ball past the halfway line. But then they did. They had one or two chances, and then it was like yeah. Brennan Johnson would just like panic. He would just like mm-hmm. freeze with the ball. See, that's that's my hesitancy of putting all my faith in in this young guy who performed in the championship. Like this is going to be one of your guys in the Premier League. You're going to rely on him, and it's like, okay, one, he's not going to get very much service, and two, you know, can he perform at yeah. the Premier League level? I'm not sure. We'll see. Uh, so it goes in halftime nil nil miraculously. Second half, Newcastle still in control and creating chances in a variety of ways. It felt like Newcastle threw the kitchen sink at Forest. Yeah, it's, it was one of those games where it's like, is it just not going to go in or something? Then off the corner, short corner, Saint Maximin, great turn, swings it in, goes all the way out, no one there, and they loop back and Fabian share releases just a absolute thunderbolt the swiss thunderbolt yeah just a banger upper 90 nothing mr henderson can do about that newcastle have their goal yeah fantastic newcastle continued to dominate after that forest making plenty of subs of course they've got a lot of new players yes and none of them really were able to do anything but you know that's how it goes when you're playing newcastle yes 78th minute, Newcastle get their second goal of the game through a beautiful outside-the-boot flick on by Cam Wilson. Oh. It was just magnificent. Pure filth, yeah. That's what it took to beat Nottingham in this game, which was kind of strange because, oh. yeah. you know, Nottingham didn't play that well yet. It took two really, really well-worked goals to, mm-hmm. you know, some individual brilliance to yeah. beat it, which was kind of strange. But it finishes 2-0. Forrest, your takeaway is just, you know, you might have the quality, but it's definitely going to take time to build it, yep. to build that chemistry. Because there were so many moments of unsurety when you did have the ball where people didn't know where to be, what to do. So, yeah. And then Newcastle, the machine that just keeps rolling, the green and white Saudi machine <laughs> that is Newcastle can't be stopped. I like that that uh description the machine they they are a machine they really are they they eddie play Howes. as a unit and eddie Housman. <clears throat> yeah i really like it and and like you said forrest it was never going to happen week one you know if it's going to happen at all it's going to take some time it's going to be like yeah, they're lucky Palace. they're lucky that it's um especially with the world cup that second half of the year they might if they just catch fire yeah. that might be enough for them yeah it's possible well, they're going to keep trying. They're just going to keep buying, guys. Yes. They're buying Manuel more Dennis. as we speak. Manuel Dennis, official today. Yeah. They bought Remo Froehler. I like him. He's a solid player on Atlanta. But I don't know. Again, it, a lot of it's just going to come down to chemistry more so than a you know, lack of talent, if anything. Yeah. All right, here's your game of the week. This game sucked. This game did suck. 
Everything about this game is terrible. And the game we are referencing is Tottenham versus Southampton. Into the lineups for Tottenham. Lloris, Dyer, Romero, Davies, Hoiberg, Royale, Sassignon, Bentancourt, Son, Kane, Kulosevsky. For Southampton. Look at that beautiful keeper kit. Bazunu, the pride of Ireland, the youngster. Walker Peters, Janapo, Salisu, Bednarak, Jan Valery, Romeo, Ward-Prowse, Lavia, Joe Rebo, and Adam Armstrong. Pretty you know, surprising lineup from Southampton. It's surprising, but it's really not surprising because Hoodle is an absolute madman. We saw him at the True. end of last year. Now there's reports coming out the players hate him and they're surprised <laughs> that he's kept. He's just off the wall like, He's zany. Cuckoo. Yeah. He's zany. He's 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 mixing in too much zany he's for the, these Southampton old guys. He's the mad scientist. You think Nathan Redmond can handle those levels of zane? I don't think so. Uh yeah, I just thought it was weird. Like even he really rode the hot hands. Like I get Armstrong, I guess, more so than uh, you know, like Jay Adams or something, given the preseason, but like Jan Valerie over like Perot, who played well last year. Like I don't yeah. know. And uh Stu Armstrong on the bench. I don't know. Very strange. Yeah, very strange. Very but it, strange. But it looked like it was going to work out early on. Yeah, they they, they did start off the game pretty good. Let me get to my notes. I'm, I'm all scrambled, yes. They did start out well. The the classic Southampton, if yes. you will. Yeah. You know. That's already three blown points from a winning <laughs> position. They're off the, They're off the cup just strong. Strong start from Southampton. They waste no time. Yeah. They say, <laughs> we're doing it again. Gosh darn it. We're and winning 15. <laughs> we don't have a choice. But a nice uh, start where they're kind of buzzing around, um, making Tottenham kind of handle the ball a bit. And you know what? Southampton able to win the ball back a couple times, and they're able to do something. They take the lead. James Ward-Prowse, just a the hopper. Yeah. Just drilled it right in the ground, popped right over Larice upper 90. Slightly better than Podence's. Yeah. It's a little more clean, easy on the eyes. Yeah. It, it's because I said he doesn't score from open play. So yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to have this rip. I feel like when he does score from open play, it's like this. You know, yeah. He doesn't just have like a, a little shot that goes in. Yeah, a know? normal finish. But uh, I guess that, that's what happens when you're kind of more of a deeper line midfield player. Yeah. But after that, Tottenham. Kick things into gear. 21st minute. Sassignon draws it level. Back post header. Beautiful cross from Kuliszewski. Has to be said. Oh, he's fantastic. I love that guy. Yeah, he is very talented. I mean, he has been one of the best players since he's come to the league. I'm never going to let it down, the fact that uh, Conte let Ali leave and then dropped a... Yeah, we got worse today. We got Kulishevsky <laughs> and Deli Alley's gone. It's like, uh, we'll check in with Deli Alley in a little bit. <laughs> um, Tottenham were really pushing the fullbacks, the wingbacks up in this system. You know, they love to do it. Yeah, and you know when Southampton's out there playing Jan Valerie, I don't think you have a choice but to go at yeah. the wide uh, defenders. Um, yeah, there were a lot of bad giveaways. I thought from both teams. Yeah, Tottenham didn't look super sharp. They just again. Yeah. They they capitalized on their like, they probably had like, eh, they had a handful. I'd probably say like 
nine chances in total in the game. Probably had like eight in the first half, but they capitalized on most of them. With that said, uh, the new keeper for Southampton had some really nice saves too. Yeah, I think he held his own. There's only so much you can do. Yeah. <laughs> if you're saving it like a 50-60% clip, which is probably what he did, that's mm-hmm. about all you can ask for. Yeah, I don't think he, he really went wrong too much. You know, you know, maybe a little spotty distribution, but, you know, that'll happen. Yeah, no, for sure. And I was just talking about the saves. Saves, not yeah. The, yeah, right. Yeah, in terms of saves, I, I don't think he did anything wrong. No. Um, 32nd minute, Tottenham grab a second goal. Sun guy. swinging in a ball through Mr. Eric Dyer with the weird diving ducking. side header yeah. thing. Yeah. No one expects the Eric Dyer header. That's no sure. one. No one, especially when it comes in like that. He's like crouching. He like Cr- crouching Dyer hidden hidden header. Hidden header. <laughs> <laughs> That's, the that the the <laughs> That's the name of the pod. That's the name of the pod. Crouching Dyer. <laughs> crouching Dyer hidden hidden Head header. header. Yeah. Someone write that down. Oh gosh. Uh, goes in the half, two, one. You know, Tottenham come out, second half, still mm-hmm. um, in control of the game. Uh, Sessegnon scoring, but offside. And then, you know, Salusu own goal. Oh, man, Southampton. <laughs> they're fulfilling all the cliches of Southampton. Blowing the yes. lead comical own goals uh giving up weird goals yeah all they needed was a like a a wide open miss sitter yeah really that's southampton bingo we were almost there yeah pretty much um kulashevsky doing kulashevsky things out there after that tottenham just see it out yeah i I couldn't bear to watch the last 20 minutes of the game i didn't take any notes on this game i watched it and i just kind of like sat there i couldn't i couldn't absorb it so did southampton yeah it was not okay yeah after my wide play was better than southampton and you might say what does that even mean and that's the point yeah exactly um good win for tottenham to start the year Mm -hmm. uh you know we talked last pod about how if they're going to make a title push this year which is semi-realistic to us they have to be going from the offset, especially Kane. But Kane not able to score on this one. He had one or two good chances, but they're part of the good saves mm-hmm. that your man, what's his name, Bazunu? Bazunu, yep. He had, so. All in all, Southampton. Rough go. Get, rough go to start. But <laughs> time, there's to, always... time to spin the Hassan Hoodle roulette now yeah, and see what happens. Yep, exactly. And we go from one stellar match to another absolute stellar match. The, the worst only, match of the week? The only thing that could get worse than the Tottenham-Southampton game is, is this match. Is 110 minutes of Everton football. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this this might be one of the worst matches I've ever watched. I think 95% of it had to do with the uh, fact that it was just so long. But yeah, it was it was terrible. I don't want to watch 90 minutes of Everton. <laughs> I definitely don't want to watch 110 of it. <laughs> the lineups Pickford, Tarkovsky, Patterson, Mina, Mikolenko, Godfrey, McNeil, Gray, Ducore, Awobi, and Anthony Gordon. For Chelsea, Mendy, Silva, Koulibaly, Dave, Jorginho, Conte. Wow. S- sorry. Sorry. 
Reading the lineups. I don't know how I clicked on something else. Conte, Chilwell, James, Sterling, Mount, Havertz. Game started off, not much happening. Then a nasty, nasty injury to Mr. Godfrey. Yeah. Nice uh, leg break. I think he had like two parts break. Yeah, it it might as well have been the whole thing just snapped. Yeah, it was like nine minutes in or something. Yeah. And it... I mean, that was about 10 minutes. That's Kai Havertz for you. He's a dirty player. I always said it. Kai Havertz, Mr. Incognito, the man who shaved his hair, and I didn't even recognize him. <laughs> you thought it was Mount for a second. You saw the nine on his back. Yeah, I was like, oh, shaved hair. Even though he's 29. Um, yeah. Chelsea just could not cross really in this or connect on passes. They looked like they hadn't really played together. No. Which was very strange because it was guys like James and stuff that were not able to do it. It wasn't like new guys. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously you have Everton just kind of sitting back a lot, and that doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah. Having to break down Everton, which, you know, defensively, I thought they they were pretty decent. Tarkovsky looked. This is the thing. I don't. When people say Lampard's the worst manager in the Premier League, that's just like not true. Like that defense was so bad at times last year under Ralph, and it's still bad. Yeah. But like, there's you can only make you, know, you can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. But they do look better and more organized, mm-hmm. like under Lampard. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's smart to go go with a back three. In there, because you can have case. five back there too. And then obviously, but. bringing in Connor Cody, that's going to be another absolute massive signing. You know, having yeah. Cody Tarkovsky and you know either that's an actual Premier else. League. That's a defense. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're not, they're not like world beaters, but it elevates Everton. Yeah, it was definitely one of their weaker aspects last season. Yeah, and they've they've gone and improved that. I think Connor Cody, one of the most underrated players in the league. Yeah, in my opinion, behind behind Michael Keane. And I th- I <laughs> absolutely, and I think Wolves <laughs> will soon regret that decision and i think wolves are heading heading towards firing bruno lodge anyways yeah and now they're changing the system they get rid of their club captain it's on loan mate he can come back next year yeah i think option to buy i know i I was just kidding anyways yeah either way way, option to buy wolves are going in a weird (laughs) option to buy (laughs) put that on a t-shirt maybe a copy so anyways First half, not too much happening. Everton, kind of frisky in attack for a little bit, but but it's mainly just Gordon running. So then that's it. It's just one guy. He's got to take on everyone pretty much. Yeah, the problem is they get the ball like in their own half, and then they have to go all the way down. Yeah, and it's like so he's able to get past like the midfield, but then it's like you're not getting past Cool Bali and Silva. So yeah, um, Chelsea's back line looked really experienced, which in one way is good, but in another sense is, um. When I say experience, I mean quite old, old. too. So <laughs> I knew exactly you what you were said. gonna. You're gonna be gassed yeah. come the end of the year. But while their legs are fresh, that's the best kind of. That's the best you can have out there. Um, I I thought as far as Sterling's debut, he was good yet horrible at times. That's kind of the Sterling experience, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? I thought. Chelsea needed his kind of like dribbling every once in a while, even if it's just to win a corner. Mm-hmm. But some of his passing and decision making was quite poor. Yeah. Along with the fact that he was offside for that one goal when mm-hmm. he easily could have yeah, been that was onside. Just pure laziness, really. Yeah. So, 
And then there's the penalty by Ducare. Don't know how it's controversial in any way, but... Yes, in what way is this controversial? <laughs> two this hands, is like a stonewall pen. Two hands on the guy from behind, it, and you're pulling. If, if, if you're watching this and you don't think that's a penalty, one, obviously, you're not listening to our podcast because everyone who listens to our podcast is a genius. Yeah. So obviously, <laughs> everyone knows that was a penalty. But for all those hypothetical people who aren't listening to our podcast, who should be, you know, to wisen up a yeah. little bit, Galaxy Brain, that's a penalty. 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, I don't know. That's a question. The contact is there. He's coming from behind. It's a penalty. Yeah. Jorginho does what Jorginho does best. He scores on his the season debut for Chelsea. How about that? Yeah, what's he saying? Death, taxes, and Jorginho penalties for yeah. match week of the season. Exactly. Uh, second half, Damari Gray counterattack chance blocked by Thiago Silva. There are a couple of chances where Gray really stretched Chelsea too along with Gordon, but there's only like a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, Everton best chances come in this half. Uh, they had a nice chance, kind of just random Mad scramble off a corner, but Mendy recovered. Um, Chelsea just not very aggressive and really trying to see the game out. In a way, that's scary, but in another way, their defense was so good this game that it was like that's probably their best bet and their safest bet. Mm-hmm. Also, you're going against Everton's attack. so. Um, and my last thing to say uh, is, well, I guess two points to wrap up, finishes 1-0. Kukurea looked like Chelsea's like third best player, and he played about ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, he was actually able to complete passes. Yeah. Uh, my last point: Everton had this game there for the taking. I th- I feel like. Yeah, I think so. I think Chelsea played pretty poorly overall. Yeah, I think that's fair to say, especially the midfield. It's like they come across a low block, and they just like their brain stops working. Tuchel's autism is like. It's like complete simple <laughs> passes. No. No, I can't. I have to thread this insane through ball. Yeah. Through so we get a walk to no walk one. in. Yeah. Uh, I I don't get it. Yeah. Not not the best for Chelsea, but also there was like no involvement of Mason Mount. He might as well have not been out there. He might as well have not yeah. played him. Like yeah. no one looked for him. You couldn't get him on the ball. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you need. You need Mason Mount if you're going to be breaking down the low block. Yeah. Well, it's not going to happen by just swinging crosses to your imaginary striker who doesn't exist. Yeah. It's all fun and games to not have a number nine until you absolutely need to just hoof balls in the box and have them one header. See, that's the Arsenal experience. Yeah, Having but the no guy. Striker. Yeah, but the guy winning the header is uh, Gabriel, but it's only off corners. The center back, Gabriel. Well, that's elite. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Moving on. Yeah, enough of that match. The people have heard enough. Moving on to Sunday's games. First match of Sunday, Leicester versus Brentford. If I recall correctly, you weren't too excited about this match. No. We'll see if that changed throughout the, the course of this match. It was a solid game. It was a solid game. To the lineups. Danny Ward, Mr. Fafana, Mr. Evans, Mr. Marte, James Justin, Thielem, and Stu Spurry Hall, and Didi, Castagna, Vardy, Madison for Brentford, Raya, Hickey, Henry, Me, Jansen, Norgard, Jensen, Janolt, Wisa, Tony, and Abuemo. So this was interesting to me 
they stick with that 4-3-3 that they finished the year with with Erickson. Mm-hmm. They say, we had success. Yes, sure, it was with Erickson. <laughs> We're going to stick with it. Yeah. Then Lester, I would say, oh, and uh, I think he's hurt because he wasn't on the bench. Was I here on the bench? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think he was hurt. He's, he's still hurt. So, yeah, because um, yeah, I, otherwise I would have said, oh, that's kind of surprising was me over him. But, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as far as uh, Lester, not really. I guess we don't really see a 3-5-2 unless Fofana's healthy because last year they didn't really do that much except when he's healthy. So Yeah, interesting to see a Marte in the back three but hey shout out danny ward stands rise up rise up the we've Welsh all been waiting and i think i'm the only one i've been waiting in the wings for for schmeichel to leave and now it's danny ward's time to shine and we'll see getting uh, into this match yeah lester control early but uh you know brentford still had some chances yeah i think overall lester were playing pretty good um Brentford didn't have too much going for them. They were organized, mm-hmm. at, at least, so they weren't conceding too much. But in terms of things going forward, it just wasn't really quite clicking. Uh, they were having kind of those issues. This time it was more like the defense linking up with the midfield, I thought. You know, they'd try and go through the fullbacks, and then they just kind of run out of real estate and give up the ball to Leicester, but... Um, yeah, it kind of felt like they had to hoof the ball forward, too, at times a lot. Brentford did have a good chance in the 18th minute. Ivan Tony, but surprisingly, he was just stumbling around and couldn't sort out his first stumbling touch. Stumbling and bumbling. Yeah. Um, shortly after that, Madison diving header goes just wide. And then Leicester opened up the scoring through Castagne's near post header from the corner kick. Ran in there, sprinted in there, unmarked. Nice yeah. little flick on. Yeah, that was really nice. Looked good. I thought Tielemans was actually good in this game too. Yeah, I thought so as well. I, I was impressed. You know, after I've been giving him stick for the past well, yeah, they, six he, months. He didn't play well the last like year or so. And this is kind of where he shines is where you're not required to put too much defensive effort in. And he yeah. can just go full offense. Um. Yeah, I mean, Leicester were in control in the first half. Yep. Not too much threat out of Brentford, and you're thinking, eh, you know, it's looking good. They Telemans had a chance right before halftime, almost almost 2-0, but goes into halftime 1-0 for Leicester. And then they come out, second half, 46 minute, 2-0. Our guy, Dewsbury Hall. Just a banger. A banger. Winning, winning the ball, comes out, Ripsky, just takes a blast that was an absolute euphoric goal yeah i was on my couch just like i was singing along dancing well brentford uh respond by winning the ball off a throw in leicester territory a little dink ball over the top to tony and he's able to control this time he's able to slot it past your boy Danny Ward, and I forget who's on him for the center back, but it cuts it 2-1. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Brentford opting for some substitutions, taking off Ben Mee, who I thought he was pretty poor yeah. overall. 
he was kind of absolute for that second goal. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I hold him to a high level. And I, I just didn't think he added on that day. Uh, but they they took off me and Jensen and brought on De Silva and Lewis Potter. Yeah. Switching things up, trying to get a little more possession, yeah, a little Mr. more attack. F- Mr. Frank was, uh, he was feeling his subs because all his subs hit this game. Yeah, absolutely. So shortly after that, like you said, the the goal. What the heck just, what did I do? My notes. I don't know what you get did. Get back to my but, uh, notes. Lester uh, had a set piece that hit the post. Yes. Mr. Fafana, great in a chance. But then it's deja vu as Brentford steal the ball in Lester territory, cross it into Tony, and he has his time, but he puts it just wide on the header. Yeah, Brentford getting more into the game. And Lester decide to counter that by taking off Dewsbury Hall and bringing on Daka. That was a real head scratcher for me. We're gonna hit him on the counter, and and that was the only sub Lester used. Yeah. So so Brentford increased their presence in midfield, and Lester start getting outpossessed, and they say, "Okay, bring on another striker, and take off our best midfielder." They said, "We're gonna shut up shop." We're going to stop you, and we're going to try and hit it on the counter. And you know what Josh, or is it Jay or Josh DeSilva? Josh. Josh DeSilva, you know what he said to that? He's like, how about this peach upper 90 right on your head? He, so you drop he, he two points. He channels peak Aryan Robin with the, the cut inside curl. lefty curler. No chance. I mean, that was a, no. a beautiful shot. Yeah. Danny Ward just saying Also, bye-bye. Lester's defense kind of sitting back in the box like not no up one on Silva. Him. yeah no one near silva or de silva yeah i'm gonna mess up his name the whole time. <laughs> jay <laughs> silver <laughs> jay, jay silver yeah he just said well, i'll have a pop and equalize i mean full time ends 2-2 i thought this was a really interesting game to this, watch from a tactical perspective yeah frank stole his team one point and brendan rogers blew two points for his team yeah absolutely i think that's what it came down to you know i think both of us we, i think it's fair to say we like brendan rogers for the most part i'm indifferent to you're him. indifferent i think overall he's pretty good but this is one of those moments where it's like oh man that was a real yeah. stinker yeah because, yeah, like you said, he was pretty much at fault. Uh, Tom, this Thomas one. Frank made the correct subs. All of them hit, like you said. Yeah. And 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 Lester had no answer to that. No, truly not. Yeah. So uh, impressive for Brentford to get the point back. Disappointing yeah, for, back. for Lester. Momentum boost for Brentford, momentum killer for Leicester. Yeah, everything was going nicely. Speaking of a team that's going to play Brentford next week, we have Manchester United. Manchester United trying not to channel the PTSD from last season's beatdown by Brighton. Look at Pascal Gross's piercing eyes. Don't look at him. Anything, Don't look at him, United but fans. That man. <laughs> <laughs> not this guy. <laughs> Davidea, Harry Maguire, Lissandra Martinez, Diego, Delot, as Sam would say, Luke Shaw, Bruno Fernandes, Fred, McTominay, Rashford, Erickson, Sancho. What kind of lineup did this bald <laughs> fraud Mr. Ten Hag put together? For Brighton, we have Bobby Sanchez, Adam Webster, Louis Dunk, Joel Feltman, 
Alex McAllister, Pascal Gross, Adam Lalana, Moises Caicedo, Solly March, Leo Trossard, and Danny Welbeck. Yeah, Tin Hog didn't get the memo that Rashford is trash. Trashford. Trashford, yes. Yeah. Sing it with me, Trashford. And, Trashford, and Trashford. obviously, uh, Diego Delo is pretty apparently, bad. Himself. Apparently, the Man U board didn't get the uh, memo that Fred and McTom as like defensive pairing in uh, midfield is well shit. Yeah, they apparently said, they didn't get that over the summer. Was there, hmm, what 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 went wrong last season? Was it the midfield? It's, no, it was not the midfield. It was. It was Harry and CR7's fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Here's a 5 6 manlet to play <laughs> alongside Harry. And here's, we're going to just hold Keep on to Ronaldo. Yeah. And oh. piss off Ronaldo. And oh. and then we're going to try and throw Marcus Rashford in there. Yeah, that's good. That's a genius move. Yeah. And then we're going to be like, all right, slap some Christian Erickson on that. That'll yeah. fix it. It's yep. like the flex seal, you know? Yeah. You pretty fix much. a hole in the boat. Christian Erickson, smack, yeah. Oh, I mean, there is nothing good about this game for United in the first mm-hmm. half. Not one single bit. Um, chances for Brighton right away with Man U mistake, like right off the bat. <laughs> right off the bat, I think it's Delo gave the ball away. Yeah. Uh, in mid-season form. Yes. Uh, Man U um, had a chance from Sancho, fed McTominay who fed Bruno and Bruno skied it. That was probably the highlight of the first half for United. Yeah. It felt like Sancho didn't get involved and probably made like 10 passes this game, but his 10 passes were good. Yeah. It's just he couldn't get on the ball. Yeah. Um. Brighton, a little more compact. United, too spread out, I felt like. Um, And then, man, you were allowed to play out of the back up until probably like the 15th minute or so, would you say? Mm-hmm. And then Brighton's like, wait, because I guess Brighton doesn't press, but then Brighton's like, wait, these guys can't They're pass. <laughs> they can't pass. Let's just throw some bodies out there. Yeah. And then we get David De Gea like passing the ball out of bounds mm-hmm. and just, man, you spreading it to nobody. Yeah, it, it was, was a good press. It. I don't even think it was that great. Of a, I think they were literally just like around the vicinity well, and it made it even they, worse. You unleash Danny Welbeck on them. Oh my and they can't handle it. Uh. Man, you counterattack with poor passing, and Erickson uh, soft shot resulted in nothing. I thought the McTominay challenge was could have been a red, and no one talked about it. Yeah, I I, I went. I, I did I, see it. It was fifty fifty, but that was pretty high. And they're like, "Oh, the guy was over the ball." It's like, yeah, he missed the ball and got like his shin studs up. I I think it was it was pretty bad, but I think for me, it's an orange. It's a orange, it's, it's pretty borderline. If it got called, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But yeah. if it doesn't get called, I I think it's probably you know, circumstantial. If that second half it's just red and you're off, first half it's like. Uh, but th- you might, if you have another foul, uh, it might be a soft second yellow. I and just know that. Also, the context of the play helped it in the fact that you know he made an effort for the ball and it was kind of like more of a continuation over the ball that you know. Yeah, it's also around his own box, which is kind of weird. But um, yeah, Brighton pinned in. Uh, Brighton have Man U pinned in for ten minutes or so. Eventually, Brighton get their goal. Chosard playing uh, plays Welbs up through the wing, who squares it for Pascal Gross wide open. Harry Maguire in this play out to lunch. Uh, 
caught out of position entirely and no one else covered for him. So what else is going to happen? Brighton slicing through the United midfield and defense like a hot knife through butter. Yeah. It looks so simple. There's like three passes. You have your goal. Second goal, rebound, the lowest sleep. Gross puts it away. Pascal Gross, the slayer of Man U. How many times do I got to tell you, United? Stop playing <laughs> Diogo Dolo. He's terrible. Pascal Gross wakes up and says, hold on, Man U. This is only going to hurt a lot. A lot. And he's it's just about to It's because he's got clock. the new hairstyle. Going. Yes. Looks much better than the, th- the shaved head. Uh, my last point about the first half is the announcer. This is a direct quote. I forget who is announcing, but this is a direct quote. After a complete, just terrible pass that goes out of bounds. Yeah, I can see him being removed at half, Fred. <laughs> just, it's yeah, so... The, the midfield was a nightmare. Uh, my analysis of, of the first half was United, their attack was like... Everyone just is doing whatever they want. Yeah. There, there's zero organization there's, at all. Yeah, there's guys no, are just there's no cohesion there's, in like the team, no let cohesion. alone the facets of of each specific component. Like yes. there's no cohesion between midfielders, yes. let alone between midfield and attack. There's no cohesion between attackers, <clears throat> let alone between attackers and midfield. Mm-hmm. There's just everyone's all over the board. There's no positional awareness. Everyone's like, okay, I got a free roll. I'm a, yeah. I'm a be over here. You got Rashford in the central. I'm gonna be here. You gotta find me. <laughs> and, and then Sancho just kind of pops up. Erickson is like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, Erickson's like, I, I had better teammates on Brentford than what I'm dealing with right here. Yeah, and it was just like, they're, they're playing true chaotic positionless football. That's what it was. It was like. United, but or uh, City, but on on fire, you know, and things are very bad. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, goes in the half two nil, and then they come out second half. Attack looks a little better, and then Rashford. I think was he off? I think they called him off, wasn't off. he? Yeah, but he got yeah. stonewalled by Sanchez. Yeah, either way. Yeah, that was rough. Just no, I think I think they called Sanchez. him off, but he wasn't actually off if i remember correctly yeah you might be they, right which is hilarious because the whole last year they just like let it play on and they blow it dead then the guy immediately yeah. gets like, <laughs> it was <laughs> inevitable when people complained they're like oh you need to raise your flag faster yeah and, and then it's like okay well this is gonna happen then yeah um they got a crap own goal they created that ronaldo comes on yeah he didn't score, but he, you know they created a goal with him on the field, I guess. So he's plus one out there. Yeah, that's right. They unlike Fred, who was minus two. They did make a couple subs. Things started to look better. They, I mean, really, it didn't look better until they got this crap goal. And yeah. Then things started flowing. They, they were playing some nice through balls, looked dangerous, and Brighton was looking a little shaky. I will yes. say. But yeah. they held on. Yeah, it's enough. If the game went 10 more minutes, United probably score, but guess yeah. what? It doesn't. This isn't Everton where we play 110-minute games. And and what's the key factor in that? I think, you know, having Ronaldo on changed things. Mm-mm. I no. think having no, no, someone no, no, no. to pass to Eric. No, 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 no. <laughs> the things. year before when they didn't have Ronaldo, they were second place. 
Don't I don't care about circumstances, yeah, Sam. You're right. They were in second place. Now last year they got Ronaldo and they finished sixth. Yeah, true. You're Do right. people actually like think like that? Like what are people? Ronaldo's the problem. Their third leading goal scorer last year was Fred with four. Ronaldo's <laughs> the problem. <laughs> oh my gosh. A world if you would have told like high school me that I would have to be <clears throat> taking the vanguard stand for Ronaldo. Yeah. I wouldn't want to face that world, but yet Dark here depths. we are. Here we are. Here we are. Uh so it finishes two one. Graham Potter, master class. Genius. He makes it happen. And by makes it happen, I mean he didn't really have to do a whole lot. Well, I mean that's kind of the key tactic to playing United is like just let United be United, which yeah. is awful. Yeah. And they I did think it. The funniest part about this game is after when people were like saw Danny Welbeck played virtually kind of how he played to end last year, just like solid. Yeah. Decent. You know, he's out there, he's doing stuff, and people are like, Oh, United. They shouldn't <laughs> have let him go. It's like, what are you talking about? That was like Ten years ago. Yeah, they'd be like if you ran into a girl on the street you dated for like a little while and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> I, what if I married her? It's like, what are you talking about? That doesn't even make sense. I would have been so much better with you. Yeah, it's like, what? Uh, two to one. Yeah, Danny Welbeck got like loaned from Arsenal to Watford at one point. Like, what? <laughs> he like couldn't even play for Watford. Yeah, he, he kind of, you know, fell off for quite a while. There. It's It's almost like, you know circumstances work best for Danny Welbeck where he is. Yeah. So, uh, but no, 2-1 United. What do you think of Lissandro Martinez? Oh, man. You know, he had some nice passes, but... Yeah. Uh, the one thing that's ingrained in my mind is just, like, right before half when he, like, had the ball and was super slow on it, uh-huh. and then, like, one guy walked up to him, took it off him, and then he immediately had to take him out from, like, behind, and he got a yellow. <laughs> yeah, I just... <laughs> I just don't see how he doesn't end up as a liability. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I I think you can get away with him like against the weaker teams when you're holding possession the whole time and like that's kind yeah. of the benefit of having a ball playing center back. Yeah. But uh, you know, when you need someone to I feel like bolster he makes down defensively. Way more sense in a back 3 than a back 4 to say the least. I think he would make more sense as like a midfielder. You think he's their answer to CDM? I don't know. He's probably better than any of the buffoons that they have going, a.k.a. Fred or McTominay. That's a good call. I would guarantee he is better than those guys because those guys freaking stink. Yeah. Let's move on. Last game of the week. Just one final note. My, I was thinking no. about this. No, like, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I was going to say, um, in, ter- in terms of like Bournemouth, yeah. They played a very tall lineup, you know, with two tall yes. strikers, Solanke and Kiefer Moore. Yeah. I immediately thought of like United, like Sandra those Martinez, guys going against Lissandro Martinez. He could handle both of them. I he think, had a higher aerial success rate in the Eredivisie than Dan Burned in the Premier League. You don't understand. Sam, what stats. did I tell you about context and circumstances? They don't <laughs> They don't matter. matter. I see numbers and I say, "Ooh, okay." Yeah, I just, I just thought, you know. No, yeah, that's a great point. There's, I mean, there's kind of this trend of of going more towards these center backs who can play more possession based football yeah. and kind of conceding the defensive abilities. Yeah. What happens when you go old school like Bournemouth? You go four four fac and two. Yeah. Throw up some big blokes up front. 
Yeah. And who from the ball? You're gonna get manhandled. You're gonna get. You're gonna get Alexander Arnold. You're gonna get dunked on. You're gonna be like Villa, losing every set piece. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Does that work out in their in their favor? You know who who knows. We'll only see. time will tell. Only time will tell. Just like only time will tell if Erling Holland will be the leading Premier League goal scorer of all time. And time's up. The answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, to the lineups: Fabianski, Ben Johnson, Cresswell, Zuma, Shufal, Fornells, Lanzini, Bowen, Sushek, Rice, Antonio. So the classic four-two-three-one out of. Mr. Moise, City, Ederson, Walker, Diaz, Ake, Cancelo, Gindawan, Rodri, De Bruyne, Holland, Grealish, Foden. That's a beautiful lineup that Pep threw together, I must say. Very mint. And I'm not talking about Phil Foden and uh, Erling Holland's faces when I say beautiful lineup. Yeah, not not the prettiest, <laughs> <laughs> objectively. Uh, first half, Kind of slow. Kind of felt like City was feeling mm-hmm. their way out. West Ham really couldn't get much going at all this game in general, though. No, it was pretty rough. Um, yeah, like you said, it was really hot this weekend. I think that played a part. Yeah. Both teams were kind the of heat wave. S- slow off the start. And then when you're West Ham, you're playing against Man City, so you're barely going to see the ball anyways. Yeah. Um, I was disappointed watching West Ham. They had literally nothing. Yeah. You know, not even a breakout threw a ball up to Bowen or something trying to hit on the counter. They Man City and Pep did a fantastic job of neutralizing the midfield of West Ham, making sure, hey, Rice and Suchek, even if they put a shift in, they're not going to beat us in terms of Mm -hmm. taking the ball off us and transitioning. Because if they get transitioning, I guarantee you they're going to score because we'll have two guys back. Yeah. Um, So it was a great, great job by Pep to ensure that they're not going to... uh, get caught out yeah it just seemed like west ham had like no width and when they would get the ball they'd try and play more centrally which is like not gonna work i'm fine with shufa i'm fine with johnson but i mean those guys are they weren't really on an island so to say but they're gonna get exposed when it's grealish and Cancelo going at them yeah so yeah and i thought offensively city they didn't have their best no there there were their passing kind of wasn't. Passes. Yeah, their passing was not very good. It, yeah, it wasn't like one of those games where City's like completely just like off. You can just tell sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but it definitely wasn't prime City. It was like week one. Yeah. You know, still trying to lose the Tottenham week one City, just like last year, right? Get things sorted. You know, there were times where they could have played in Holland and whatnot, but. And part of that, too, is chemistry, getting used to Holland, because he's so fast and so strong, and he just knows, like, when to make the runs at, like, all times. Yeah. He's always looking for it. This guy shouldn't be so fast for how big he is, but he is, and he's, like, explosive fast. Yeah. His Um, ability to jump and his speed, he's a wild guy. And that showed off in the 34th minute, gets in behind, beautiful ball in by Mr. Gundawan. Alphonse Ariola coming in for the injured Fabianski, goes for the ball, but gets the man penalty award. that's where it all went wrong for west ham your boy fabianski getting hurt yeah that was not ideal yeah old man though old man i mean he he gets hurt He's at like least 37 once, once a season yeah yeah so uh holland steps up for the penalty scores his first goal in the premier league first many i'm sure yeah uh and it goes into halftime 
one nil all man city pretty much and they didn't yeah. really have to go too hard no they i thought they did a really good job they didn't even really like it didn't feel like one of those games where they're like super relying on de bruyne yeah. or anything it felt like this game was really like let's get G- uh Grealish especially mm-hmm. involved kind of get him going yeah um I think you'll see that a lot out of City this year where Pep's going to go in with like, all right, we can utilize this guy this game and we're going to go at him with that plan. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, Try and utilize Grealish a bit more. Second half, decent chance for Rice after Gundogan gives away, but he blasts it high. And when you're playing against City... Got to take advantage of everything. You got to make it count. You got to make it count. Uh, Gundawan has a chance from a tight angle, can score. And then West Ham do start to show some attacking threat. They brought on Skamaka. Yeah, he looks solid. Yeah, I thought he looked solid. I think he is a, a lot more uh, like pressing and stuff to his game than I thought he would. Yeah, I think he'll suit West Ham nicely. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he replaces Antonio. I'll yeah, say it. yeah, I like, agree. Uh, and then. In the 65th minute, Holland hits for a second on the counter. Beautiful ball from Kevin De Bruyne, and that was like, wow, this guy is yeah. is so good. His his awareness to make the runs, you pair that with Kevin De Bruyne, that is a scary threat. I mean, Holland wastes no time mm-hmm. to get off the mark. Two goals. Yeah. I think my favorite thing about it was how people who hate the Premier League because they have no lives – we're like, oh, Erling Holland will never get this much space in the Premier League, and then they like post the picture of like him being played in behind as like thirty yards between the keep and the defense, mm-hmm. and then the like you'll find a picture of like him in the Bundesliga. Like, it's literally half the field. Like he's being yeah. played on by like the midway line, not even the defense. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh yeah, he is just uh, he's a freak of nature. It's hard not to enjoy watching the guy, you know, no, just you as a fan of the game. He's, yeah, and he's he has a it, an exuberance to him, some personality, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, I would say after that, City kind of just saw it out, nothing too yeah. crazy. Brought on Calvin Phillips, make his debut. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting to see how that works out between Rodri and Phillips. I think... A lot of it is going to be kind of rotating. You'll probably see Phillips a lot of times against the weaker teams or teams where Pep feels like he can get away with just like a really basic generic defensive midfield. Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah, we can go De Bruyne, Grealish, Foden, Holland. Yeah. We'll get away with it. And we know that Pep loves him some rotation. Looking forward to this weekend's slate of premier league matches let's do it oh team of the week oh team we of the almost week. forgot yes team of the week in that we have mr ramsdale i thought about mendy but i didn't feel like everton created enough i think ramsdale was really clutch okay i i changed my mind i put in nick right. po- <laughs> i put in nick pope he made one saving <laughs> i had a clean sheet uh kenny tete with an assist uh saliba Tiago Silva, Joel Veltman out there doing stuff for Brighton's defense. Um, Bruno G, Kulashevsky, Jack Harrison, front three of Mitrovic, Sala, and Holland to round it out. I thought maybe you'd throw in a cheeky uh, Zinchenko, but, you know, to each their own. 
No, I I ran out of space. I ran out of space. First, so, first someone from Brighton had to make it. Someone from Brighton had to make it in there. Yeah, you don't beat up a team like Man U, a world class team like Man U, and get away with it. True, with a world class third kit. <laughs> the green one you're talking about. Yeah, the yeah. green one. Woo, uh, awful. Yeah. <laughs> there are some bad kits. This year. There are some, some awful, some real awful kits. There's probably like three. I saw like a kit ranking thing that had. Uh, not Villas. I was looking at Villas logo. Um, Palace is high up. I'm like, it's literally just like crayons. It's crayons. It's the it's... Crayola kit. I <laughs> I like their black one, but it That's would be fine. better if it didn't have crayons. Yeah. Don't, I don't give get me it. crayons. Yeah, I I don't understand it. I I looked at one of those kit ranking lists, and I lost so many brain cells. Yeah, there's so many bad ones though. It's like, who's designing these? Yeah. What person, did they like not have eyeballs when they designed this? Like, what were you thinking? There are some really good ones. It, it's kind of like really hit or miss. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we digress. On to the predictions for match week two. Let's hear it. First, what do we got? First game of the week, the early game, Aston Villa versus Everton. I am not looking forward to this game. I got to tell you something. And I'm going to be up for it. This game's going to stink. This game's going to stink big time. Yeah. Um, and I'm I opening would... my nostrils. <laughs> Give me a whiff of that. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, those smelling salts. Oh, yeah. That's what this game is. I feel like Villa could do well if they play the right lineup, but Everton's defense might be solid enough to where they keep uh, Villa at bay. That's the only way I see it going. Villa like 3-0 or 1-1. I don't see like any other way this game plays out. Do you? Oh, I kind of see like Everton smash and grab. Like, I can't one nil or something. I really can't. I'm I'm gonna play it safe. We'll go Villa one uh, one draw. I'll say one one. Yeah. Yeah, it just feels right. Arsenal Leicester at the Emirates. The Emirates will be hopping. It will be buzzing. Leicester just pooped their pants last week. Yeah. When they had a two-goal lead, the dangerous lead in all of sports. What are you looking for in that game? I'll be curious to see if Fafana is playing. Okay. A lot of uh, transfer rumblings, rumors about him. You know, a lot of times that kind of ends up with a guy being taken out of the team. Yeah. That, that would be a big loss because Amarte, we didn't mention this, but he was pretty garbage. Um, and Fafana is just next level in terms of defense and, and passing especially. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about with Sandra Martinez and the idea of like having a guy that can at least, you know, play the ball. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is Fafana's still good at defense. Yeah. Like, you're not sacrificing anything. You just have a guy who's capable of playing the ball out from the back yet is good at defense. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Arsenal 2-0. I think... I think Leicester will play decent. I mean, the first half they played pretty good. Yeah. I, I feel like we can't discount that. They did play pretty well. I'm not well. going to say that's going to be they're going to get smoked. I, I just yeah. think that Arsenal yeah. play well enough to win 2 0. I just want to say, you know, they they did do some good in that match. Despite how, how poorly it yeah. ended up, they did do some some good. Uh, but, but, but that said, I'm going to say 2 1 Arsenal. Okay. Brighton, Newcastle, Amex. This might be my game of the week. This is spicy. This is a good one. This is one for the big brains. 
Yeah. This is this is a premiership perusal list yeah. and average game. This is you know, yeah. a tactical masterclass. <laughs> throw the throw the P with the crown logo Let's just smack that on this game. You know, some people might say Chelsea Spurs, but no, our listeners they say Brighton Newcastle. Yes. Yes. Oh tea. yes. Absolutely. Eat some, some yeah. Uh yeah, I mean I wanna see Newcastle's attack going against Brighton's defense, even though Brighton's going to hold the ball more. Newcastle so quick that if Brighton are holding the ball and they get caught out, Newcastle are going to be able to counter pretty quickly. But I think there's a chance where Newcastle just dominate the game in terms of possession and whatnot. And Brighton, I mean, what are they going to counter with Lamptey or something? I, I don't know. They could get some fast buildup going, but... Danny Welbeck long ball to, you know, just f- send him through. Yeah, the problem <laughs> is Newcastle isn't really a pressable team. Yeah. The machine. They're too balanced. The machine. The Saudi the, machine. They're kind of like an anti-press team if there was one. They can, they can break presses pretty easily. Yeah, because they have the ability to pass, yet they have the speed and quickness to dribble past you. Yeah. It's just pick your poison. So I don't uh, think that route's going to work. Um, but I think it will be a more formidable foe than than Forrest was. Yeah. Uh, so I think Newcastle's going to have to be a little sharper offensively. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess it depends what kind Dan of Brighton Burn we revenge game. I'm going to go with a 1-0 Newcastle victory. 1-0, yeah. I, I think I think 1-0 is a good scoreline, but I'll be a little zany. I'm going to say 2-0. Okay. Man City, Bournemouth. A lot of people really discount Bournemouth right here. That's the problem. You never discount Bournemouth. No, it's more you just early season Man City. You just never doubt, especially at the Eddie Head. They're almost due for one game before <laughs> November to kind of like yeah. just let you down. And you're like, what? Yeah. You drew Southampton at home. What? You lost to Palace at home. What? Um. But in this one, Bournemouth, let's see your defense, how it holds up. Held up decently well against Villa, but there's a little higher quality from Man City. And they're going to be attacking you. They're actually going to be able to utilize the wide space more than Villa was. Yeah, Um, and I don't think that Bournemouth is going to be able to easily get away with the playing out of the back system that they they went with. That's going to be pretty tough. But, you know, we're... Big Scott Parker guys, he's pretty pragmatic. I think he yeah. knows that. Yeah. I think he's fine hoofing it forward. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, you know, Bournemouth, it might be tough for City because Bournemouth will load up that midfield. There's gonna be a lot of guys there. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be easy. I'm gonna go with uh Man City two nil, but I'm leaning closer like one nil. Yeah. But I'm gonna go two nil. Yeah, I think kind of the key to success for Bournemouth would be like you get that first pass you pass up to your strikers the striker heads down to like a winger or something on the overlap and hit on the counter hit hit on the wide areas that's got to be like a flicked on header past the defense yeah exactly kind of like what Tottenham did yeah where they'd get it up to like Kane and he'd be able to distribute to like Kulisevsky yeah where he's got his back to the ball and then quick turns just yep. to play it through or a little flick on back heel or something, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I, did, I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. No. I I think City will win 3-0. No. 
scenes when Kiefer Moore hat trick for the three two victory. Oh my god, dude! Instant buy the jersey. Sam would be sprinting down the street naked. I'd be sprinting to Bournemouth. I'd <laughs> swim. Start swimming. Uh, Southampton leads. Or lead if Leeds win this, Leeds are officially on. They're back. I'm thinking they're on the. They're already a candidate for a team that starts off hot and fades. Oh, but they'd have to. I mean, that's two wins right off the trot. What if they're just like better than we thought? I mean, it could happen. It could happen. Um, Southampton at home. You know, we'll see. Leeds defense didn't look all that terrible. You got good performances out of Stroy class game. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy who was kind of spotty last year. Um, Cock wasn't terrible, terrible. He didn't get exposed. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll see. Southampton, you never know, but um, I need to see a little more. Maybe get Joe Rebo involved. Make sure you don't throw together a stupid lineup, Hoodle, please. Yeah, that, have that was really funny. Have Armstrong out there or something, or like Perot, like normal player, normal players, not Jan Valery, <laughs> yeah. for God's sake, yeah, or was, Gineppo. That was a good one. Hans. Hans. Now, come on. Yeah. Do, do the real thing. Do the real thing. Uh, I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw. I did like Joe Rebo, you know. Yeah, in, I like him as a player. He's good. The game. Yeah, he was good. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 2-0 leads. Okay. Yeah, Fair enough. I think so. You're going for the it's piling up on Haas and Hoodle. I'm going for the these teams are just chaos. Yeah, that's true. I think Southampton, they're kind of swinging the negative chaos right now. True, true. Speaking of negative chaos, there's Wolverhampton Wanders. Yeah. that's Going against Fulham. <laughs> yeah, true. That's positive versus negative uh, yeah. chaos. You know what, that sometimes, you know, that the polar opposites, it really, they combine mm-hmm. the negative and the positive, and they give you just a spectacular game yeah and i think we won't have it with this one i think southampton <laughs> leads is the one we'd have but uh yeah i i need to see you know can fulham's defense look semi-reasonable again against wolves who aren't yeah. all that spectacular themselves i think it'll be interesting to see fulham with if they can bring that high level of energy that they brought early on against yeah. liverpool this time it's at the molyneux yeah, if they can do that to Wolves, I think I could see him, you know, grabbing a goal or two. Yeah. Well, it should be mentioned, Wolves did sign Guedes hmm. from yeah. Valencia, 30 mil. So they're like, okay, I guess we have to buy a striker. It's like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. So we'll see. He's not, if you look at his stats, he's not like the best finisher. He's pretty uh, just like average for uh finishing but really good at dribbling really good at passing so he'll fit in at wolves perfectly <laughs> he can be like the fourth version of the same exact player yes um i'm gonna go against my ill will i'm gonna say that wolves win 2-1 i'm gonna say 2-1 full on. i'm gonna say full that's on, what baby. i was thinking too but i'm i'm gonna give wolves the benefit of the doubt brentford man you at the G Tech Community Stadium, what is this soulless? What happened? What is this soulless? What happened to the Brentford out? Community Stadium? Yeah, would you rename your city G Tech, Georgia yeah. Tech? Yeah, you can't rename a community. <laughs> um, it's gone. Game's gone. Yeah, uh, sellouts. It's the uh, it's the Christian Eriksen coming back game. Yeah, true. United, what they'll do differently this game. That I don't know. Start Ronaldo, maybe. 
Yeah, I suppose. Or is Ten Hag have too big of an ego where he's like, I can't, I can't, I can't let Ronaldo I can't dictate let the game. That happen. I'm too Dutch. I'm I am too Dutch. I'm not like <laughs> Louis Van Gaal. I'm worse. The players need to be better. They need to improve. Um, I kind of like Brentford in this spot, but also at the same time, Brentford just sometimes are so not lackadaisical, wasteful, wasteful with their uh, chances mm-hmm. that it it upsets me. And we saw it a couple times with Tony last game, and Buemo even had one or two early on where he just put it high, and it's like, dude, get that on net. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go for a one-one draw. Pretty boring. I'm gonna say one-nil United. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Who scores? Bruno Penn. Ah, oh, gross, dude. Yeah, yeah, gross. Yeah. What if? This is the year of all the uh, 11.30 Saturday games just being asked. Just the worst <laughs> games. Chelsea, Everton, and then oh, Brentford, no. United. Is this it's one going to be 110 minutes? And they just don't flex. They just don't flex the games at all. They're like, nope, this is the game this week. This one's on NBC, too. Like, Yeah. Of all the games, you put this on NBC. Uh, Forest, West Ham on Sunday. Mikel Antonio says Forest holds a special place at Sinus Heart, and he won't celebrate Jay Links, however, I think would celebrate so 100%. hard if he scored on West Ham. He'd be dabbing, <laughs> or whatever the 2022 equivalent. The of city dabbing. ground. I don't know. It's going to be buzzing there. Yeah, that's my absolutely. only hope for uh, Nottingham Forest. Um, they could be the new Vibes FC. They really could be. Uh, as far as tactics go, I feel like you'll see more of a presence from West Ham's midfield in this game. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It depends how how boisterous the crowd can be there in Nottingham. They should be buzzing. They haven't been in the Premier League for like twenty some years. So yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see like was the game against City kind of more of a one off in terms of their attack, or yeah, is their attack just kind of slow at the gate this season? Yeah, we'll have to see. I'm gonna go with a West Ham two one victory. I'm gonna say two two. Okay. I keep like it, it. Keep it spicy. Chelsea Tottenham. You tell me what you're looking at in this game. I hate these games. <laughs> Whenever Chelsea plays a big game, I don't enjoy it. <laughs> it's like Chelsea versus United. It's always nil-nil. Chelsea versus Spurs. That's what they I do. hate both teams. Yeah, that's what they do. Chelsea versus Arsenal usually ends in pain for me. I don't know. Right now, we're, right now we're on a we're on a nice gentleman's handshake. We win at the Emirates, you win at the Bridge. Yeah, Res- kind of thing. Respect, respect. Yeah. Um. I mean, I hope to see a little bit better out of Chelsea. That was pretty I disappointing. Would, I would think so, especially at home. But you um, never know. Conte going back to the Bridge. Yeah, that that should be interesting. I think the main thing I'm gonna be watching for is you're actually gonna see a full stadium this go around yeah with chelsea that's true it's gonna be uh pretty hectic especially for the first game back where everyone can go it's a derby mm-hmm. a london derby so yeah uh i'm going to say that this ends up in a 1-1 draw how about that even though thomas tuckle has never had any result against tottenham in his career other than a win and that's the jinx right there seven oh and oh I think it'll be interesting to see how Spurs utilized their wide players against Chelsea's defense, which mm-hmm. is 
experienced as we call them yes. aka quite old yes you know is uh is is Kulishevsky running at that back line you know how are they going to handle that yeah are we'll they to see i mean there's a good chance chelsea is going to possess the ball most of the time yeah and it's just can tottenham counter and we thought this last year too when conte first started mm-hmm. uh for tottenham and what they lost two nil three nil yeah it was bad yeah they kind of got pooped on yeah it also the thing that broke the seal that game was hakeem ziek having an insane curling goal the year candidate goal so yeah i guess what you gonna do but yeah i, I think one one will be the result they're pretty equal <sighs> one one that's that's pretty good i'm gonna say i'm gonna say nil nil uh, <laughs> I don't know. Nothing win. feels right in my brain. I'm like clicking through the gears, and I'm like, no, yeah, no, no. <sighs> Two 0 Chelsea. There, I said it. Oh okay. boy, Liverpool Palace at Anfield. Dude, no. why do we have a Monday game already? It's the second week <laughs> of the season. Can we stop? Well, we had a Friday game. Now I gotta have a Monday game. Right? Yeah, well, no Monday games. Uh yeah, I'm not a fan of Monday games either. I prefer Friday games if you have to have a non-Saturday or Sunday game. Yeah. Um, Liverpool, Palace. Tough start for Palace this year. Arsenal and then Liverpool. Yeah. And you'll see it with Bournemouth too. Bournemouth mm-hmm. play City this week, and then I think they play Liverpool. Liverpool and then they play Arsenal. Arsenal. Who came up with some of these teams? Yeah, really schedules. trying to screw out the, the small clubs. Yeah. Um, I think you'll see better from Palace in this one, but you're also going to be a very frustrated Liverpool, you would have to imagine, especially in front of Anfield. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe they're still asleep from uh, last game. I don't know. I would suspect I'd just keep it simple. We'll say 3-0. Uh, I'm going to say 2-0 Liverpool. Okay. Yeah. All right. You have a prediction for the week? Uh, my prediction is the very strong guy from... Uh, Union Berlin, that Forrest signed. Yeah. I think he's going to score. Okay. That guy is jacked. He's like he's the new Adama Traore. He's a big guy. Yeah. He's he's, he's big a guy. fast guy, strong guy. His shirt was very tight. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the Macron kits for... <clears throat> it's the new Puma. Forrest. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, until next week. Until next week. This has been the Premiership Rusa Podcast. Match week one, baby. We're back.